going to be a logbook trip, which means it's yeah. going to be a drive all the way out there, hook up, make it partially back, put a driver up in a hotel for the night, and then I can at least probably get back to Ontario. My exemption for hours would kick in. Now, I wouldn't expect a driver to do that full return trip. Yeah, your truck's going to be gone for about three days. I was really hoping to do it. I have a wedding to go to Sunday. When I asked my wife yesterday, if I were to leave this morning and be back by Saturday night at the latest, on a scale of like one to ten, how, how upset are you? Hmm. And she's like, are you really asking me that? Hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's over 10. <laughs> I know that. That's over 10. Because she's in the wedding, so she's got preparatory stuff to do for the wedding, right? Uh, and she's like, well, I'm, like, I'm pretty much gone all day tomorrow. I'm like, perfect. You already got plans then. What does it matter if I'm gone? Uh, it's not the answer she wanted. No, you never seem to be in the best terms with your wife. Thanks <laughs> to the towing one. industry and your personality. She'll learn one day. <laughs> that's all I can say. She'll learn one day. I don't, don't give me that. Don't give me, <laughs> I'm wrong. Can't handle that this early in the morning. It just calls us as I sees it, buddy. <laughs> Spades a spade. Welcome to the Towing Life Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Brad from Calgary. This is Sean from Cambridge, Ontario. I'm Terry from Cornwall, Ontario. Hey, this is Larry from Pitt Meadows, British Columbia. And you're listening to the Towing Life Podcast. Welcome to the Towing Life Podcast, where the ditches are deep, the trucks are loaded, but the drivers are not. I am your host, Tomanji, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host, friend, and former co-worker, the man with very strong opinions, Mr. Plain Guy. What is going on, G? What is going on? Oh, well, we just had a wonderful conversation about how you pissed off your wife this week. <laughs> yeah, so typical uh, typical Saturday. Yeah, typical Saturday. <laughs> Nothing new on this end, clearly. No. Um, no. Yes, for those of you that don't <laughs> miss the parts that G will put into the intro, which I'm sure he will, um, it is another week of living with Plain Guy. Another week of me getting under her skin one way or another. I've really learned um, the skill of it. I truly believe it's a skill and an art form. Mm. Um, one that I share with many operators in the industry, I'm sure. Yep. And something that I would like to say that I'm not proud of, but I let's be honest. I You're bragging about bit. it. So yeah, you kind of are proud of it. I am a little bit. I am a little bit. The, the, <laughs> the amazingness on how I've been able to push her buttons over the years and she continues to love me is... She's a wonderful woman. She's a special woman. I'll t- I'll say that for sure yeah. to be able to put up with me. Yeah. When are you having her back on the show? Oh, I, we should do it again. Now, now that, that she's, she's actually in the industry. Yeah, 100%. Um, we should. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with my wife when it comes to having her on the show is my wife and I have great conversations about the towing industry now, obviously, with both of us being actively involved in it. Mm-hmm. However... Her brain shuts off the minute you put a microphone near. Mm. Like the, the she's one of those people that it, it's it's all fine to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I told her like just close your eyes. Like <laughs> we'll put the camera, we'll put the mic in front of you, and just you know. And she freezes right up, doesn't know what to say, doesn't know what to do. Um, she does not carry that that gift of gab when it comes to the fact that there's a camera or a microphone in her face. So, so. just record the conversation without her knowing. We're in Ontario. You only need one party consent. <laughs> that is Canada, not Ontario, 100%. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, I 
<laughs> you just said that I need to be nicer to my wife. Yeah. And then follow that up by you should record her without her knowledge mm-hmm. for the sake of our show. Yeah. I actually think it's not a terrible idea and it's something that I will absolutely <laughs> look into. Um, you'll See, have a lot that's of why I brought it up because I know that's something you would think about. You'll have a lot of editing to do because she'll, um, you know, her cursing will need to be edited. Um, after the, the names, first 30 seconds of the video, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the names that she calls me will need to be edited. No, we'll leave some those of the, in. Some of them may not be appropriate for YouTube or Spotify <laughs> or Amazon Music or wherever our listeners are listening in this week to episode 128. I had to double check to make sure I had the right number. Yep. Lots of training. So one, once again, listeners, thank you for joining us, viewers, listeners. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Tone Life Podcast. We've got some fun stuff uh, on the go. As uh, we see G's dog walking around behind him, wondering why he's locked into a room with this funny-looking man. She, yeah. sorry. Um, it'll lead into great conversations moving forward on on things we want to talk about today in the towing industry. Yeah. Um, before we get to it, any questions, comments, concerns you have about anything that we say on the show, or if you'd like to submit your own questions, you can visit us at www.towinglife.ca. Email us directly at the towing life at gmail.com so the towing life at gmail.com or find us at the towing life podcast on facebook uh if you're listening over on the youtube side or watching over on the youtube side be sure to drop down below hit leave a comment and as always hit the like hit the subscribe um it's a free way to support the show whether you're going to tune in every week or not on youtube if you subscribe it helps with our numbers it helps with our forecasting it helps push us farther onto the platform mm-hmm. um as you know, we are Canada's number one towing podcast, and I think we want to make a push to take over the American spot from our wonderful friends at the Tow Business Podcast. Yeah. Um, I think we've already done numbers. Don't tell Jeff and Brad, but I mm. but I think we're we're slowly taking over their listenership. Mm. I think they just listen to us for their our accents and the weird uh, way that we say words. Um, uh, yeah. Well, when you really think about it. <laughs> That's kind of what everyone tunes in for, for entertainment, right? They find something that they giggle because people are different and they're like, I like that guy. <laughs> if only we liked more things that were different in this world, we'd have less problems. Yeah. Um, that being said, one of the first topics I want to get into, and I know for our American listeners, you guys got a little bored back when we did an episode about to see and we said we would leave it alone for a bit and we will. We're not going to go through all the legislation changes, all the things that are still happening in it, but we did want to bring up um this is more like the government being oh yeah we're gonna do this and then they turn around and do this behind your back and screw you over 100 so there's arguments american can, listeners can understand this part there could be multiple arguments for this mm-hmm. i have a father who works for the government um god bless him and the arguments that we that we have mm-hmm. um i know he's a listener to the show so it makes it even more fun um you know my father for those that don't know works in um, health and safety, we'll call it. I won't name out any specific anywheres. Health mm. and safety. So you can imagine the conversations we would have around the dinner table. Mm. Um, not that we get to sit down and have uh, very much you know, dinner very often. Um, mm. But when it comes to health and safety, right? His job is to enforce health and safety. Yep. My job is to go play in traffic. Mm-hmm. And so when he would hear us say about, you know, the failure for vehicles to slow down and move over, mm-hmm. his solution is, well, then you should shut down a lane. You should, you know, have a crash truck. I have all this, have all these resources because people can't follow the rules. Yep. Right. And I kind of sit there and go, I get it. 
driver right. safety needs to be priority, right? Like slow down, mm-hmm. move over, you know, be aware, have your, your PPE on all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. However, there is things that are reasonable and things yep. that aren't. Yep. So, um, yes, it's, you know, again, I play in traffic. He tells people to, you know, play in traffic safely. Mm-hmm. If not, gives them tickets. Uh, so <laughs> luckily I've never had to run into him. Um, I hope to keep it that way. Um, but we do have coming out of the city of Ottawa, we have an, a driver uh, and a company, and I know this company well, and I actually reached directly out to them to get some back, you know, backstory to this ticket. Mm-hmm. have received what I'm aware of as the first bunch because there was multiple companies that received them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first bunch of tickets under the new Tasia. Mm-hmm. Now, when the government launched Tasia, they explain that this is obviously major changes to the industry, mm-hmm. right? The ministry recognizes that the transition to provincial-led oversight is a significant change to the industry. As Ontario transitions to the new oversight model, MTO has encouraged our enforcement partners to, when possible, support the industry adjustment to the new model by educating the towing sector of the changes coming in effect and directing them to the towing and storage vehicle requirements to learn more. Mm-hmm. The educational and awareness period for TSEA requirements ends and enforcement of the TSEA will begin on April 1st, 2024. Mm-hmm. So the government kind of came out and said, look, we know this is a big change. Yep. We understand it, right? It's going to hurt. So, and I think it's the reasonable approach. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a little bit of a grace period while we, you know, implement this to educate you on the things that are missing. The things that you may need, right? The things that maybe you thought you were doing right, but you weren't. Mm -hmm. All these things. Yeah, it would be a great time to have officers and MTO officers hand out written warnings. 100%. Well, this situation was, and and I'll I'll blow it up again for those on the the viewership side. We don't need to see the bottom amount. It's it's irrelevant at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, we will see a ticket out of Ottawa. For tow operator, fail to ensure name and certificate number displayed on tow truck as required. Mm. So under the new TCA, you are required to have your, your company name, which I know this company, and they do. Mm-hmm. But you're also this new license we have to apply for. Your TO number as a tow operator, which is the business, mm-hmm. needs to be on the truck. Now, they haven't really given any guidelines. Any size requirements or anything? No, they just said mm-hmm. it needs to be on the truck at this point. So a lot of guys have been waiting, going like, okay, well, as they adjust this, there's going to be a, you know, a requirement for sizing and all that. Instead of printing Mm -hmm. 20 different stickers, I'll wait. We have them on all of our fleet. I even put them on our traffic units. Not that they classify as a tow truck under to see requirements. Yeah. Smart. Just cover all your bases. Just, you know, we don't know. Yep. Well, this company didn't. And not again, like I have no problem with that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an educational period. They were still waiting. I believe they had an email off to the ministry asking for the requirements of the sticker prior to the ticket mm-hmm. to make sure they had their ducks lined up in a row. Yep. And they, this officer pulled them over and it wasn't, you know, so the first thought I had when I hear this is you go, all right, well, this officer was just being a dick, mm-hmm. right? He was, you know, they, they, maybe they chased an accident that he didn't like. Maybe there was, you know, an altercation on scene that happened and the officer looked for anything in the book that he could write the ticket on. Mm-hmm. Right, because I'd like to give the officer the benefit of the doubt. I give the towing industry the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, the towing industry has taught me many times that you don't give them the benefit of the doubt because a lot of times we are the ones that are at fault in in situations like this. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so talking with him this morning, I asked, what was the deal? And he goes, you know, the truck was driving down the road. Mm. Just driving down the road, either heading to a call, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And this traffic cop for the city of Ottawa pulled him over and said, hey, pull up into the gas station. And went over the truck front to bottom. So it's like a commercial vehicle inspection. Yep. Right? There, there, There is officers in the province that are, may not be actual DOT that you have in the States, but they are, you know, DOT trained. Mm-hmm. Um, so to speak, and they required to do so many, you know, inspections a year and wrote him a ticket for not having the sticker. Wow. And now there was a, a, a gaggle of companies that got this, right? Four or five companies all got this in the, in the past week. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's frustrating because would we be having the same story if this was a, you know, I know this company, I know they're a good company. I know they're not a, you know, a predatory company, mm-hmm. Right. So to get written a ticket, no warning, and it's about a four hundred and thirty dollar ticket, I believe, four fifty something like that, with the victim surcharge in it. Yep. To to be given the ticket for an admin, you know, error by not yep. having this number on it mm-hmm. during an educational period, and them not being a predatory towing company, yeah, you know, or a known who has a history of, who has complaints against, who anything like that, because I can say a company is a predatory towing company as long if there's no, you know, stats to back that up, then, mm-hmm. right? So to see good companies already starting to run into issues under to see it while we're in an educational period, yeah. while we're given the opportunity. Now, do I feel that these tickets will hold in court? I don't know, right? Depends who's, depends on the judge that day. Mm-hmm. Do I feel that they should? No. Right? You cannot give us a time period to to learn and to comply, and then 45 days into this 90-day grace period, just start writing the tickets. Now, well, government does that with a lot of things. You, they take an inch, and they think it's actually a mile, and they blow things way out of proportion all the time, right? So it's it's nothing new. It's a shame that it happens, and unfortunately, yeah, four hundred fifty dollars is a decent chunk of money. But a lot of big companies, they'll probably just end up paying. Why are they going to put it through the court system and actually like get a day in court to go and actually fight it when they could just pay the four hundred fifty dollars and have it over and done? Well, that's the thing. Even even if if you if you feel this ticket is unjust and and is easily winnable in court or you know Mm -hmm. dismissed in court. You still have to lose a day's work to go do it. You're right. But 100%, um, I don't I don't care if, don't forget. Okay, so under this to see a requirement, right? Upon conviction of an infraction against these regulations, mm-hmm. the director is notified. Yep. So in other words, your company gets a ding put against in the, the, license you know, in the registry, so to speak, yep. of the government. Now, Will one ticket for not displaying uh, a tow operator number have an effect? I would say unlikely. I can't see them suspending I hope not. or remove, removing your license for that. Like, that would be a little aggressive. But we don't know. There is no exact guidelines no. to, you know, it's not like a, a not like a driver's license where if you get so many infractions, you know that you're due to do this kind of, like, there, there hasn't been that clear-cut, laid-out process. So mm-hmm. you do not want any infractions against your, your company in this this registry that we'll call it for tow mm-hmm. trucks in Ontario. Yep. So you have. Yeah, to they should it. really bring out like a demerit point system, like <sighs> they have for the actual driver's license, 
and put points assigned to each type of infraction and you get 50 yeah. points in a 10 year period. And if you go over, you're fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the right there, I'm sure there will eventually will be some sort of structure, some sort of understanding, but like mm-hmm. anything new from the government, clarity isn't fully there yet because this is something that is going to adapt and change mm-hmm. as the right. Like why not give him a, why not give him a ticket for not having his, his posted maximum rate schedule? Yep. Right. They've extended the submission requirements, but you're, you're giving them something that was also in a grace period. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's it just scary to think. And, and I truly believe it's a miscommunication among the government. Mm-hmm. Meaning this Ottawa police officer. You know, and we even blurred out his name so that, you know, <laughs> there's no yep. reason to target anyone specifically. But this officer didn't, you know, have the information that he needed for this. You got the memo saying that it came into effect Jan 1st and. That's just one hundred percent. And he and he said, you know what? I mean, he probably had his car towed one time by a predatory like practice, or or had a family member that did. And he said, yeah, watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a personal vendetta against offers. That happens, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 as much as you know, police and everything are supposed to say impartial. They're I hundred percent would understand that if if that's the case. Again, I'm speculating completely, but yeah, it is aware. So anyone that does listen from the Ontario side, be sure if you want to at least save yourself the day in court, if you want to purposely go to court to try and have fun and fight stuff, then I mean, drive around, you know, the city of Ottawa without a, a TO number on your truck and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, see how many you can rack up. Um, yeah. we do encourage anyone else who has received any tickets through the Tasia. Um, I'm not legal guidance. I'm not legal counsel. I want I, I cannot give you any advice to helping those things. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we talk about here is strictly of opinion and, and, you know, that of our own, mm-hmm. um, should not count, constitute as legal advice or business advice. However, I do recommend that if you do have a ticket, send it over to us. Um, and we'll continue to, you know, we'll talk about them as they come and, and help raise awareness and, and go from there. But it's, uh, it's obviously something that needs to be watched mm-hmm. and needs to be considered because it's coming, right? This is not the last ticket that we we're going to see written under the O-Regs for Tosia. It's uh, it's really a crying shame because just like Ontario, just like the rest of the world, in each state, province, the demographic changes dramatically depending on where you are. And most of these rules and regulations were written because of Toronto, Ottawa, and London. Really, those three main cities where bad shit was happening in the industry. And unfortunately, the rest of the province now has to follow suit because they've made it a province-wide thing and you get that with everything the same brush yeah um and these types of rules and regulations are just making operating costs go up for everyone which then you have to reciprocate by charging your customers more and for the people in rural towns up north and northern ontario they're not charging what they're charging down in the city for service in the first place because the money's probably not in that town to begin with they probably run older equipment. They, they've already had that built into their business structure to help out their local small community. And they're a, a pinnacle pillar of that community because they offer a service at a decent value for that area and compared to other parts of the province. And I'm sure you see that in the States and wherever you are. Once you get out of the major cities, prices normally go down in a lot of things. Like if you're a an elevator mechanic or repair guy out in bumfuck Idaho, you probably don't make that much money or you have to commute to the city to where the money is. That's just how the world 
seems to work. And when you hit a whole province with vastly different people and vastly different uh, locations with a blanket thing like this, there's going to be people that get thrown under the rug per se, because they just might not be able to meet those requirements or it's just going to make their operating costs too much. And they physically can't charge their customers anymore because maybe they just don't have the money too. And that's a shame. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head whenever you said it, that it's something that will drive up costs and and we're seeing it already and it's impacting more of the small companies than the big companies. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, such is the industry. Yep. You know, evolve or die. Yep. Truly believe that should be. Uh, well, the it's motto not the even so industry. much evolve or die. <laughs> die. Look at the fire department. You go up north, they probably got volunteer firefighters. They might have one or two trucks for a X amount of kilometer radius. But then when you get into the city, they have multiple stations, multiple people on 24 hour shifts or however they do it because they have more people, they have more land, they got to do all these other fancy jobs. But when you get into rural Ontario and rural anywhere, the fire department scale goes drops because they don't need all these big fancy things. They don't need to have 30 people on the payroll. Towing's the same in the same aspect of things, really, in that regard of if you don't have that massive clientele base because you don't live in a populated area, you don't need all these extra trucks. You might have one or two guys or just yourself. And you can handle your call volume, right? Yeah. You don't need to evolve in that aspect. If you're if your one town hasn't grown but thirty people in the last ten years, it just doesn't make sense in those aspects. In the city, yes, one hundred percent. Toronto has become even bigger. Uh, a smaller town called Newmarket, which is just like forty five minutes north of the city, that used to be a small town. Now that's like another small city. It's almost at 100,000 people. It's grown tremendously. I hate going there personally because it just feels too much like the city. It's not a small town like it used to be when my parents grew up. It used to be dirt roads, just like anywhere. But in the past 50 years, that one town that used to have 10,000 people is now almost 90. That town has grown. That town, people in that town need to evolve because times have actually changed. You go another hour, an hour and a half north. Places haven't changed like that over the last 50 years. No, it's true. No, it's true. But like I said, if you don't follow in the regulations, it, it isn't going to matter if you don't want to change because you have to change. You have to evolve. Yeah. Or the, you know, the government leads the option to push you out. Mm-hmm. So, oh, the good old fun of the towing industry. Unfortunately, we could always find negative things to say about it. Um, it's more so government and government yeah. overreach. I'm from the government and I'm here to help the scariest words you'll ever hear. Time for our tinfoil (laughs) hats. (laughs) So moving on from that, um, as I see your dog has, you know, completely paced around your, your office uh, throughout this recording already this morning. Yeah. She thinks it's time to go to the shop and play with her dog friends. There you go. Um, It is a good, good question to have. I know it's something you wanted to bring out about, uh, you know, pretty much dogs, dogs and trucks, customers, Mm -hmm. dogs, employees, dogs, um, you, we worked at a workplace where we pretty well had a dog daycare. Yep. If you remember, there was times we would have three dogs, you know, mm-hmm. our dispatcher, myself and our yep. owners all had a dog. Yep. We would bring the dogs to the shop. The mm-hmm. dogs would hang out for the day at the shop and get picked up at the end of the day, like a daycare. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if I remember right, mine was one of the most well-behaved. Mm. Um, oh. My dog was well-behaved. Okay, Your dog so didn't get spleen kicks to keep it in line. No, no, I'm not talking about old uh, uh, Boomer. Um, mm. But Dougie was not the brightest dog in the... No. I don't know if you Doug were around for not. Dougie. Um, so, yeah, so for, for those of you that don't know, when, when G and I used to work together, um, I have a German Shepherd. Um, mm. She's out of the office right now because... I didn't want to lock her in here. Um, we had a, a dispatcher with a golden retriever who ended mm-hmm. up passing, and he got a puppy golden retriever. Yeah. And the owners had some mix of a mutt. I don't remember what kind of dog he was. He was wiry and, and a strange little fella. Yeah. And we would bring them to the shop. Now, my dog was fairly trained. We, we worked on an industrial road, mm. right? A yeah. dead-end road. And my dog would know to be let outside, go up to the front big grassy area, do her business, come back to the shop. Mm-hmm. We had almost trained her at one point on how to let herself out. We had one of those crossbar doors mm-hmm. and I could teach her to get up. She just wouldn't always hit the door. My wife thought this was the worst thing I could ever teach my door. My dog, <laughs> I taught, you, taught it how to escape <laughs> every time. My dog would not leave the property. Mm-hmm. My dog would wander on the property, run the property line. The odd time, get a little, you know, eight if she got a little bit close to an edge, but for the mm-hmm. most part, I could let her out. She would run up front, do her stuff, come back. Yep. <laughs> the owner's dog, however, love to wander yeah and every time that that dog would get out we would find it across the road out in the field that covered in birds whatever or whatever yep. yeah and my dog would be with it every time yeah because just monkey see monkey do i'll follow yeah. you oh you're going over there okay we can go over there yeah um so yes before we get into the debate on dogs in trucks dog whether it be customer or drivers I wanted to make it adamantly clear. I am a dog person. Mm-hmm. I think that will influence many people's decision on this, mm. right? On where they stand on it. If you don't like dogs, pretty sure it's an easy debate. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to be like, nah, if you do like dogs, it's a little harder argument to have. Mm-hmm. So where do you stand G on dogs in, it's your question, in the tow truck, right? So we're not talking about the shop. The shop is one thing. Mm-hmm. We are talking about physically out in the truck while doing calls. I'm not the biggest fan of having a dog in the tow truck. Now, as you can tell, I am a dog person. I've got one behind me. Um, And the reason being is your job, our job, is dangerous enough, right? We're working on the side of the road. We're dealing with people on bad days. Sure, uh, seeing a happy, smiling dog face might be able to brighten some people's day. But what if you put that window down or you forget to put the child locks on and your dog is like mine and says, oh, daddy's going over there. I want to be next to him and jumps out the window and you're on a highway. Well, now you're focused from your job and your safety and the customer safety now turns to your dog that I'm sure you care for if you're a dog owner and want to bring it with you everywhere you go, i.e. a tow truck. Your dog's now running around loose on the side of the road, and you got to try to catch it. Now, depending on how your recall is, that might be fairly easy, or it might be fairly challenging. So re- that part right there is, what if your dog gets out? What if when you open the door for a customer to get in, the dog greets the person in a not-so-friendly manner? Not saying your dog's vicious, but maybe that person doesn't like dogs, and you're her only or their only hope to get off the side of the road and now your customer doesn't feel comfortable getting in the truck with you because you have a dog, right? 
don't get me wrong. Would I love to have a dog, a companion in my truck with me while I'm out doing calls? 100%. But there's just too many potential red flags or cons to having a dog with you on your day-to-day operations to really make it worth the while, unfortunately. Now, I've had um, co-workers that I've had small like little wiener dogs that had like a duffel case or like a duffel bag that's like a dog pen with a vent on the side something like that you can just pick up and put in the back seat don't get me wrong i'm not the biggest fan of those dogs i think that they're like cats or rats or whatever that i'm okay with because the dog is contained and it's within its confined space that okay i can kind of see if you got to look after the dog just don't make it a habit but a dog that's over 20 pounds probably not so that's not even that's not even getting into the allergy point of the topic either. Absolutely. So when it comes to dog, you nail you nailed on the head, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't the last thing that ever pops into my mind is the dog getting loose out on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean that's that's not where my concern lies. It's when you said, What if the customer doesn't like dogs? Yeah. And they feel uncomfortable now having to ride in the truck. Right there is the one reason why it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Right there. Right At the end of the day, we are a service industry. Now, we are not a taxi, Mm -hmm. right? I will make the comparison that how would you feel if a cab showed up with a dog in it? Mm -hmm. Be a little weird, right? I get it. We're not taxis. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to claim that we are. And, you know, I'm wholeheartedly against even the passenger idea at times. Mm -hmm. However, it's the reality of it that we do have passengers that we are helped out. You know, you've got, you know, dogs can be trained ridiculously well, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I, as a consumer, as a customer who have broken down on the side of the road, who may, has my young children with me, mm-hmm. need to trust that your dog is trained properly and I don't know you from dirt. Yep. No, I am not putting in that position, right? Like, mm-hmm. I do not. If I am, I am very uncomfortable being in that position. Mm-hmm. We are a service industry. Mm-hmm. If you want a companion, get a pet rock. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Like, it, it's, you know... Get a volleyball and put a face on it. Hundred percent. You know, get Wilson, put him on the dash. Yeah. But no, we are we are the the service industry, and we deal with situations where we have customers that are are, are having a hard time, whether it be they were just involved in an accident, whether they're they're having a fir- a breakdown for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. You have people in a high stress situation already, right? To introduce an animal to that, these are not service dogs. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't even want to get and into your emotional su- argument. Your emotional support dog is not a service animal, okay? Uh, okay, sure, you can make that argument. I'm not getting into that debate. <laughs> now, that being said, 100%, it is a, you know, you're, you're treating the public. You cannot have an animal involved in that in our industry. Mm-hmm. You want to have a, a, you know, shop dog that's there for security where they're coming to your premises to release, you know, items and you can keep the dog tied up in a, a completely separate a hundred percent. You can't do that in a tow truck. No. It's like your little carry crate. If you're going to leave the dog in a carry crate, why do you even have the dog with you? Like, yeah. um, I won't rant on that tangent either. <laughs> um, but no, we are a service industry and dogs should not be allowed. Now, when it comes to customer dogs, that has been a tough debate. Now, our company mm-hmm. policy states that dogs do not ride in the trucks, regardless mm-hmm. if they're ours. We've never had to specify our dogs mm-hmm. or if they are um, the customer. Mm-hmm. I am a big believer in leaving the dog in the towed vehicle. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Now that is done for multiple purposes. Again, I need to trust that your dog is controllable mm-hmm. from somebody that I've never met. Mm-hmm. Now, as a dog owner, I've been to dog parks. I've been everything. I have seen great pet owners. I've seen terrible pet owners. Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's something you cannot differentiate which one they are by looking at them. Yeah. Right. You, you can't. Right. And even short interactions. I've seen people, you know, uh, like people say, my dog's, I'm a good pet owner and I have controlled my dog and I've lost control of my dog before. Mm-hmm. They're it animals. Happens. They do what They're they want animals. sometimes. A hundred percent. So, you know, just as I, I would not expect to put a customer in a situation of discomfort mm-hmm. or risk, the customer should not put the operator into that as well. I've made so, exceptions for having the customer's dog in my truck before. And right. a lot of times it's because the dog is nervous as hell. Um, the customer could be very nervous about leaving the dog in the towed vehicle because yep. it might destroy the vehicle because it's got anxiety because dogs have anxiety now. <laughs> um, and a lot of times they're small dogs to begin with. Even better if they're mixed with poodle because then they don't shed the same and they're hyperallergenic. To be honest with you, I don't really care about the allergy point of view. Like there's going to be hair in any vehicle you drive in. The chances of you getting into a friend's vehicle if you're allergic to dogs and they've had a dog in their backseat before and they haven't got the hair out. Chances are you're going to have a reaction. If you're going to have a reaction to that, you're going to have to be very careful going through life. so I'm not too concerned about the allergy point of view, but I've had dogs in the back seat, and a lot of times I get the owner to keep them on their lap if they're a small dog, it, because then they have the control and they can comfort the dog and the dog can comfort them if they're having a rough day because they are, they call the tow truck and I'm there assisting them. But nine times out of 10, especially if it's a big dog, I make sure, put your window locks on, put them down about yay much and make sure you take the key out. And you just leave them in the vehicle, wherever they're comfortable with. Hopefully they don't jump into the front seat, especially if it's a front wheel drive car, they don't jump down to where the pedals are. If you're towing it on a wrecker, because that would suck. I've never had that before. No, a dog be lays on the brake pedal. <laughs> Imagine if that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've never heard of it happening. I've never <laughs> even thought about it happening. That is one concern of mine. Like, does your dog <laughs> normally jump in the front seat? Like if you go into a store, what does your dog do while you're gone into the store? Because I know some dogs, like my dog, loves laying directly behind the driver's seat on the floor. Well, if I'm not in the vehicle, maybe she'll want to lay right where my feet would be because she can smell me there. Yeah. And that's a fear of mine. But but, but no, it's – okay, the allergy thing, yes. You know, I've used that as a a cheat code, Mm -hmm. um, so to speak, to get out of having – my customers allowing my customers to, to have their dogs in it. It's a good excuse to throw. I've never, I, I think I've ran into once in my career where I've had a customer where I said the, the, the dog had to stay in the, the towed vehicle mm-hmm. who was adamant that they weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this thing was, I don't remember what kind of dog it was, but it was, it was like a shepherd or something like that. It was something mm-hmm. that would like, I'm not getting that fur all over. I have a dog mm-hmm. and I hate the amount of dog fur that I have in my, you know, at all times around me. And, and I do a good job keeping the fur mm-hmm. off of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having your dog spread fur all over my tow truck. Yep. And then having to clean that up. 
Yep. Right. You know, unless there's going to be an added fee, mm-hmm. which again, then they went, what do you mean? You're going to charge, you know, could you imagine the hit on social media? This guy charged me a hundred dollar or $75 cleanup fee to have my dog ride in the tow truck. What yep. a scam. Yep. Right. Under to see regulations. I couldn't charge that actually. <laughs> no, you can't. But, but so then no, your dog doesn't ride in the truck. It, it's nothing personal. And again, I was explaining to people that I am a dog person, mm-hmm. right? I have a shepherd at home. And if I were ever in this situation, my dog, you know, can get a little wild, wiry and squirrely. And mm-hmm. I don't know how she would handle being left in the towed vehicle. Mm-hmm. That being said, that's what happens. That's what, what I would expect to happen. And that's what I would have to live with. If my dog chewed a headrest because it was getting stressed out. Mm-hmm. It's not the tow truck guy's problem. Cause he didn't let me take the dog in the truck. Yeah. That's my problem for being out with my dog. It's it's part of it. If you don't have somebody that can come pick you up, you know what I mean? Like, as much mm-hmm. as I want to be sympathetic to the situation that the consumer is in, mm-hmm. I have no problem putting myself into that situation and yep. going, what would I expect as reasonable service? And I, I would think- not expect any operator to take my dog in the truck with them. So, therefore, and- I am not going to take dogs in the truck. Have I made exemptions in the past? Like you said, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying that no matter what, it would be a hard no. I don't want to sound like a heartless bastard in that sense. I have mm-hmm. made the exemption. Yeah. Right. And I truly do believe it's up to the operator, but anything that sheds, no. Mm-hmm. Like I get mad. I found out one of my drivers did that one time and I went in his truck and the passenger seat was coated in fur. Mm. And I said, I hope you enjoy cleaning that up because <laughs> like well, I think one know. of the issues is like you said, reasonable service and to be fair, a lot of these customers are roadside customers. And I know the roadside, most roadsides actually have a policy in their terms of service about dogs riding in the towed vehicle, but they don't advertise that. Like, it's not well, something to roadside advertise. Roadside companies don't advertise any of the negative in their policies because then their policies would not look so enticing or encouraging once they actually read the fine print. But. And it's hard to get people to actually read things that they're signing up for. I'm just as bad as everyone else. But I don't know. Maybe if they say, especially if the customer states on the phone that, hey, I've, it's myself and my husband or my wife and I've got my dog with them. Maybe the dispatcher or the call taker should say, okay, just so you're aware, this is our policy. The dog is supposed to stay in the towed vehicle. Do you think these roadside call takers... No, their company. Have you like guy? You've been around the towing industry long enough. I know. You receive the calls from them. I know. They they these roadside call takers don't know what their their fine print is. It, they, they rely on the towing company, the contractor, it's, to go it's, out and solve their problem for them. It's funny because we got to follow all these new rules and regulations, and if we miss something up, we could lose our towing license. But the dispatchers can just do their job half ass and be perfectly fine. Like the roadside dispatchers? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I just find it funny. They don't fall under the new regulations. I know they don't fall under the new regulations. But if we're supposed to be more streamlined and, you know, more professional ish, so should the front line call takers. That's my opinion. So. With this new regulation, we've seen a funny one, actually. Before we go on to the show, we'll end on some more to see. We started with some. We might as well finish with a little bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> Under these new regulations, we have to be very um, transparent with everything that we do. Meaning, you know, signatures for this, 
for this, where the vehicle is getting picked up, where it is going, it cannot change without a new signature, and so on and so forth. All mm-hmm. things that are not terrible for the industry. Mm-hmm. Right? All things that are going to ensure that the consumer and the tow truck operator are on the same page when it comes to services being rendered. Mm-hmm. The other day, I get a, a call from a um, uh, an insurance company, so to speak, to go pick up an accidented vehicle at a residence and bring it to a body shop. Mm. Now, we do, it's funny, ironically, with how much we fight with the insurance company, we do do these toasts. And the reason we do them is because we have them structured in a way that is a profitable way. We don't do discount for, you know, you know you're not getting us at a, a contractor, uh, you know, cheap rate because we're mm. willing to do this work. Yep. So on the um, pickup slip that they give us, it says mm-hmm. at the bottom, do not ask the owner to sign the ownership. Do not tell them that the vehicle may be going to auction. Mm. Do not tell them where the vehicle is being brought. If mm. they ask, advise them it is being brought to a secure storage facility. Blatantly lie to the consumer. Yeah. On behalf of us, your insurance company, who have gone and enforced you to be transparent and Everything you do. And we ran into this situation. My I'm not up. okay with that. I'm not okay with that either. I We show up and the customer goes, I know the vehicle's going to a body shop, but which body shop is it going? Now, my driver didn't read that and I wouldn't expect him to anyways. I, I stand by what he did. He mm-hmm. said, it is being brought to body shop A. Mm-hmm. The customer says, well, I, I, I've been talking with my insurance. I told them I don't want body shop A. I want body shop B. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. That, that is where we were contracted to move the vehicle, mm-hmm. right? So the customer's like, nope, unacceptable. I don't want you to tow my vehicle. My driver goes, no problem. Yeah. We call back and we advise them, you know, customer did not want their vehicle brought there. Yeah. You owe us the time for going out. Yeah. And anyway, sent us back out later. Never. Now I will say they never actually, like, I know it's an automatic thing they put on there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not to scare the consumer. Don't tell them, oh, your car is probably a write-off, probably going to auction. Uh, right like there's an approach to this but you cannot say do not tell them where the vehicle is going if, no. the, if they if they ask advise them it's going to a secure storage facility i'm sorry my name is on the door and my reputation's at stake and if i lie to someone and they find out that i lied to someone that's not going to look good on me because they're going to go to me personally because they saw my face they asked me the questions and i lied into their eyes so Think about that whenever, you know, it's just the irony of the timing. Like this has been on there forever. We've never really paid no to it, Mm -hmm. but it was just the timing of it right after the government says, Hey, you guys need to be transparent in everything you do. Mm -hmm. Right. You need to make sure. uh, And, you know, we know the insurance company was a big push on this. We're already seeing email signatures from insurance companies saying, please provide us with a copy of the signed consent to tow consent to store. Um, Mm -hmm. All those things, you know, under. What's funny is they don't even quote the right regulations that it falls under. <laughs> That's what I get a kick out of. Um, so, yeah, you know, the towing industry, when it comes to everything we talked about, the dogs, mm-hmm. the tickets, the the all this stuff comes down to one major thing. At the end of the day, always do everything you can to cover your ass. Yep. Right. One three letter roadside legitimately stands for cover ass always. Yep. Right. So keep that in mind. Keep that those three letters in your mind when it comes to, you know, how you do your business and you should be able to help stay yourself out of trouble. Is that the title for this week's episode? Cover ass always. 
<laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've been taking shots. I might as well take another one. Oh, um, why not? Hey, t- we didn't actually talk bad about roadsides today, other than their call we takers are useless. Yeah. So I guess that's a shot. <laughs> so for for a future episode, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or would like to tell us your worst call taker story, whether it be from a roadside or your own dispatching house, your most inaccurate information in a call that you have received, your your mm-hmm. biggest downplaying of the severity of a situation. And I know I've got a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. Right. You can visit us at www.towinglife.ca forward slash contact us or just head over to towinglife.ca. You'll find it, you'll find the link there. You can email us directly at thetowinglife at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at the Towing Life Podcast. If you're watching over on YouTube, do not forget you can just comment down below. And we ask you, it costs nothing regardless of where you are listening. Please head over to our YouTube channel, hit that like and subscribe, help promote the show in a way that, you know, I'm not asking you to pay money. I'll keep coming back every week for free. I do that at my regular job. I might as well do that here. Um, and, and uh, you know, I pay I pay Tomanji uh, a 0% of whatever I make. So um, to help continue to, to pay him nothing, head over to YouTube, like, and subscribe. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Doodles. Also, can't they review us on like Spotify? And- I don't know. I got Apple Podcast reviews. I don't know how they got there. Oh. I don't know how. Re- review us if you can. If there's a review button, click review. And if there's a five star, click that too, please. Thanks. Bye. Do, do that.